Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. Uh, today we have uh, Ethan Schaap. And Evan Sillett. And uh, we'll be talking about the AFC North. And uh, once again, this is not like a prediction or anything. This is just talking about the offseason and uh, moving into next year. Uh, do you want to start with this one? Sure. So the first team we'll be starting with is the Browns. Um, they have arguably one of the best teams on paper that I've seen in the league right now. Um, their offensive threats is just unreal with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and David Njoku. And then I can't you can't forget their rushing core, which is honestly one of my favorite in the league. Between Nick Chubb, who I, I love how he plays his game. He's elusive, fast, and can run through anyone on the field. Um, I also really like Kareem Hunt. I feel like he could be a starter on most of the other teams that are lacking in that role, a.k.a. the Buccaneers, who, yes, they just got LaShawn McCoy, but I feel like they sh- they could make a move for Kareem Hunt. Um, and then I feel like the biggest question on this team is Baker. Will Baker be able to go back to rookie year, or will he continue to go deeper into the slump? Um, I think they got a few upgrades on the O-line because that's honestly where they've been lacking for the past few years on offense, letting in countless pressures and countless sacks onto Baker Mayfield. Um, do you want to take that? Yeah, so um, I want to start off with the Cleveland Browns last year. Uh, were probably one of the biggest disappointments uh, as a team-wise. Uh, I know I had them in a wild card position, and from the lack of coaching from Freddie Kitchens and the poor play of Baker Mayfield, um, they did not make the playoffs, and they didn't really have a shot towards the end of the season. Um, Evan highlighted it, uh, their big skill position players. Um, I want to talk about Odell Beckham being their big play wide receiver uh, for downfield like attack. And then Jarvis Landry, who's one of the most consistent wide receivers that you could get uh, for a young quarterback. Um, and then T. Higgins, uh, not T. Higgins, uh, their tight ends, uh, David Njoku, who is a great talent and can be super explosive when healthy. Um, he has struggled with health his first two years, so then they just casually go and they get Austin Hooper, who, had the f- who, led the, who was fifth in receiving yards for tight ends last year. So they're setting up all kinds of ways to help uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Evan talked about the running backs. Uh, this is my favorite part of the team. Um, I think they have two amazing running backs that could be easily running back ones for, I would say, like 20 of the 32 teams in the NFL, which are Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. They are both explosive. They are both big. They can outrun you, they can juke you out, they can run through you, they can block you, and they can catch the ball. Uh, everything that an offense asks for these uh, of their running back, these guys can do. Um, now, uh, I, I think that the O-line play last year was pretty bad. They, they struggled to protect Baker, and uh, the Browns obviously took notices, noted this. They drafted uh, Jedrick Wills uh, with the 10th overall pick in this last year's draft, and they signed offensive tackle Jack Hocklin, um, both tackles, to try and guard Baker to the best of their abilities. Uh, now I think this offense comes down to Baker and Stefanski. Uh, I want to talk about Stefanski first. Even though Stefanski is a very as a first-year head coach, which was the problem with Freddie Kitchens last year, I think it will work. The Browns, even though all the star receivers I listed need to run the ball, they have the best running back duo in the NFL. Uh, the run game with these two won't just be amazing, but it also could single-handedly win them games alone. With the defense, we will talk about that in a minute, but it will open up the pass game for Baker Mayfield if they have a great running game. Um, Baker Mayfield threw nine of his 22 touchdown passes coming off play actions uh, last year. For This is from Next Gen Stats. That was third in the NFL. 
Evan, can you guess who was first in the NFL in uh, play action passes, touchdowns? Um, it's okay if you don't know. Huh, Russell Wilson? I, I, Russell Wilson is probably high because of Rashad Penny on them. But number one uh, with 14, so five more than Baker, was uh, Kirk Cousins, which is where Stefanski's coming from. So he obviously has shown Delvin Cook's a good running back. Kirk Cousins is an okay quarterback. I would say Baker's r- rookie year kind of like matches up with with the Kirk Cousins. Better weapons with the Browns, better running back core. So I don't see why Stefanski can't come in and imp- implement the same things and Baker with the run game and with the play action should see very good stats coming from this season. So uh, I really think even though this is his first year uh, in Cleveland and as a head coach, if he gets to call the plays over um, Alex, their their, uh, offensive coordinator, um, I think that this offense can be very good. Uh, I think we'll see a closer to Baker's rookie year of 27 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Then last year it was twenty two interceptions and tw- uh, twenty two touchdowns and twenty one interceptions. I feel like the only flaw to this, like the like the only th- the biggest thing going against this defense is division. Yep. The Ravens and the Steelers. So four of their sixteen games are literally against the top five defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Between the Ravens secondary, who will just be a monster at eating up Baker Mayfield's throwing, and then the just overall powerhouse of the Steelers defense. I feel like that's the only thing. The Browns offense will struggle with at most, and it, it all, all comes down together if they can actually click. No, I agree with that. And um, I just want to say, the coordinator's name is Alex Van Pelt. So if Stefanski gets to call the plays over Van Pelt, which I don't know who will call plays, I think, either way, but if Stefanski gets to call them, I think the play action will be great. No, but yeah, I want to talk about the defense. I think this defense is actually has the potential to be uh, great next year. Um, they have Miles Garrett coming back uh, for a full season. Uh, Larry Uganabi, Sheldon Register for the run stuffing, and Olivier Vernon as their pass uh, as their um, pass defense or pass rush, yeah. which is a great four. Uh, Olivier Vernon just restructured his uh, contract too, so they have more uh, money for. Well, I, I think it went to Garrett, but they have more money to sign people. And they also have a super talented young secondary with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and they just drafted rookie uh, safety Grant Delpit. Uh, the key for that for the secondary uh, is to stay healthy. Um, Denzel Ward missed four uh, games last year, and so did Greedy Williams. But once again, their division, especially on the offensive side of the ball, minus, well, maybe the Bengals, is not the easiest. No, and I feel like uh, we'll get to this later, but I feel like the Steelers can also be a pretty, they're either going to be hit or miss this year. So, But I feel like the biggest test to see is if this defense, the Browns defense, could be elite, is going to be their games against the Ravens. Because if they're able to hold that team to 21 points, that's good. If yep. they're able to hold it to 14, that's elite. Yep. And then we oh, for sure yeah. have to go from there. Yeah. But that's that would be their test. Yeah. No, for sure. If they if they can hold if they in the I mean, I think it would be more with mostly with their with their D linemen up front if yeah. they can contain the uh, Ravens run game and then don't get beat deep with Greedy Williams and on the play actions with, with um, la, that Lamar will run, uh, I think that'll be great. If, they, if you can hold the Ravens offense, or really any offense, to 14, you exactly. give your chance a great, uh, a team you're a great chance to win the game. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'm excited for the Browns, and I'm I'm hoping it's not another, uh, like, covers mode like it was last year. Yeah. All right. Um, next team? All right, next team we're going to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense played amazing last year. Uh, they were fifth in yards allowed, sixth in points allowed, 
and they were also first in turnovers was 38. But that stat doesn't normally uh, get reproduced easily year to year, so you can't fully like count on that. Um, they were led by a new addition last year, Minka Fitzpatrick, who had five interceptions in his first 14 games with the Steelers, and also stud pass rusher uh, T.J. Watt, who had 14 and a half sacks, two interceptions, eight forced fumbles, and four fumble recoveries. So uh, he was just pretty impressive, and uh, I'm really excited to see him uh, play this coming season. Uh, I think the two biggest talking points were him and Nick Bosa, which are kind of interesting because they both are. Um, younger brothers to already stud defensive players. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to say about the Steelers defense? Yeah. Um, I feel like his name doesn't get brought up a lot, but it's mainly because he's a rookie. He's still a little unproven. Uh, Devin Bush. He's a great just coverage getting around the court, the whole field. We are a big Devin Bush fan on this podcast. I, we are. We yeah. are. Me and you both are very much. I, like I really like him. Um, he had a combined. 109 tackles last year, which is that's pretty good for a rookie. Yep. Getting around, plus he's also splitting tackles with Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt. Not Bud Dupree. Is it Bud Dupree? No, it's T.J. Watt. Yeah. T.J. Watt and um. Cameron Hayward. Cameron Hayward, and then he also he only got one sack, but he's more of a coverage get zone, keeping the team offensive front. Yeah, no, he's a great coverage linebacker. And, and then he, he he had two interceptions, which is pretty good no, for a rookie. The yeah. one it was he like tackled the Ravens player and took it like off his helmet. Yeah. I don't even remember who it was, but it was crazy. I was like, how did he he tackled him and mid tackle like pinned the ball off his shoulder? Exactly. And then I'm I'm a big Cameron Hayward fan. I think he's probably their best edge rusher. Now T.J. Watt is great at coming off from a blitz. But I feel like just lining up on the line, Cameron Hayward has a better chance of getting into the quarterback's face. Hayward's a much bigger... Yeah. uh, Watt, to me, is kind of like a big play guy. He'll make a big play. But Hayward is more like consistent, big, strong force. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to push your your tackle into you. I might not not sack you, but I will get you to move. Mm. And then uh, I I also like uh, Hayden, their quarterback. Mm. Cornerback. He's... I mean, he's what you can ask for from a, cor- a cornerback one. He contains, but he's not really... He's no Stefan Gilmore. So, I, right. for me, it's kind of been mixed feelings from him. Oh. Yeah, and uh, now we can talk about the Steelers' offense. Huh. That <laughs> fell apart after Ben went down in the second game of the season. Uh, then Mason Rudolph and Doug Hodges stepped in and made sure the Steelers' playoffs hopes were crushed week in, week out. Um yeah, and you want to talk about them? Uh, the, between those two? Yeah. Uh, I feel this is like the biggest thing is all Mason Rudolph had to do was play mediocre yeah. to get to the playoffs. That's all he had to do. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, actually, with them going 8-8, eight eight, I have to give a tip of the hat to Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Uh, that he kept his team in it. That he just kept his team afloat in playoff contention with literally nothing on offense going yeah. right. Um, with the help of the defense, of course, because the defense was playing unbelievable at last year. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Steelers' receiving core. I think it will be interesting to me this year to see them. Uh, I predicted last year that Juju would have a uh, rough year moving to the wide receiver one uh, on a team which he had never done before. But I don't think it's completely fair to judge him off last year because he really had no quarterback. And like you brought up before, he only played 12 games last year because of injuries. Yeah. 
So I think it'll be interesting to see if Juju this year can bounce back with uh, James Washington and Deontay Johnson with as uh, two other main receivers in the offense. Um, and they also went and got Eric Ebron, who was a great yep. red zone monster, and they already have and have kept Vance McDonald. So just they have receivers. They have a good man. receiving core. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything else you want to say about the receiving core? Um, I would like to highlight Vance McDonald. Like, he had a great first half of the season, and then he kind of started to fall off, didn't get as many targets. And yes, it's because of the quarterbacks throwing to him, but I feel like last season was kind of an off season for him. Yeah, I think that's why they went and made the decision to leave Ebron. Um, I think it'll be really big for them in the red zone. He's just a really big target. And I, I'm not a huge fan of James Washington. I see more as a slot than a wide receiver too. But I definitely think that their wide receiving core has potential. I just, for me, I'm a little bit more hesitant, hesitant to like put my faith in him. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not the biggest Juju fan, and I don't know if I would be comfortable with him being my wide receiver one. I'd be a lot more comfortable with him being a great or, or the better end of wide receiver twos. Yeah, I feel like a good comparison, which we'll get to him in the next team, is Tyler Boyd. I, yeah. I see them as almost the same player. They both have had to play wide receiver one and have played okay. Yeah, actually, Boyd played a lot better than I thought he would. Yeah, but they 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 strive they like. They strive at the wide receiver one position. All right, and now the big key for the or the big key or the big key factor for this year um, is Big Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm not convinced. Uh, he is 38, going into his 17th season, and people think that just because Brady is 42 and Breeze is 41, and they can play into the 40s. I mean, Breeze. I mean, obviously he's starting to fall off. Brady hasn't yet, but these guys like Brady is. An X factor is he's not the new normal. It's incredibly hard for people in their late thirties or athletes in their late thirties, early forties to play at the highest level. And I just I'm not convinced. I'm not going to buy in. Um, he's only played 16 games once in the last five years, and therefore I just don't trust his health, his age, his history, and his build because he's a bigger, heavier quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play the whole season. And the Steelers had opportunities to get backup quarterbacks on this offseason and failed to. So in in a very realistic sense, you could be looking at Mason Rudolph and Doug Hodges taking important snaps this season, and I that doesn't make me feel good as for the Steelers going into the season. It's also the type of injury Roethlisberger had isn't one that is easy for a yeah, quarterback to overcome. Yeah, throwing elbow injury. Yep. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to come back from. And then he's also coming back off of no snaps, no they lost OTAs. Yep. So he's he's practically coming back as a rookie. <laughs> like I mean, he's been like, there. He's been this well, season for a while. I'm, I'm it's been like, a long time. Yeah. yeah. I meant like throughout this season, this would be like his first game yeah. in a year. Yeah, in a long time. Yeah. And he and didn't get the, he couldn't throw the ball for like nope. six months. Nope. Which is insane. Throwing so. elbows. All um, right. I would I would like to highlight one more point uh, right. with James Conner. I feel like I I'm the most hesitant when it comes to him. I like. His story, I like how he plays, but I feel like he's not as good as the hype around him is. But I also don't think it's fair to judge him off of last season because he was injured for eight of the 16 games that they played. So I feel like that'll be a big thing is if he can stay healthy coming into this next season with the great O-line in front of him, I feel like he could punch through for some good yardage. Uh, one thing off of James Conner, this is really off his performance. It's just a tip of the hat. Uh, 
he's a leukemia survivor, yeah. and with the uh, season being like, there's people opting out for COVID. Uh, he is in the high risk category, and he said, "I want to play ball, and I will be there to play ball." So um, he's all in. He's gonna try to give. The, he's gonna give the Steelers everything he's got, and um, just someone with that much willpower and like stride, stride, like just push himself to the fullest. Uh, I just have to tip the hat to him because I mean that's just impressive. Uh, he's all in. Yeah. Um, and the last team we're gonna talk about in this division is the Cincinnati Bengals. Second last. Oh yeah, second last. My bad. Um, the, uh, the Bengals' offense is starting to excite me a little bit. Uh, their skill positions are actually good. Uh, they have star A.J. Green, if he can stay healthy, which he struggled with the past few years. Uh, they have Tyler Boyd, which Evan brought up uh, in the last in the last segment, that uh, he's actually surprisingly like pretty good when he took the wide receiver one. So when he slides back to wide receiver two, uh, he should be fine. He'd be dominant Yeah, wide receiver two. Yeah, they, uh, they drafted rookie T. Higgins, who I really liked out of the draft. Uh, yeah, who I think might be... Who hopefully they hope will be their next AJ Green. Yeah. Uh, they have Alden Tate and last chance Speed Demon John Ross will get a shot with a new quarterback and a new offense. So I mean the wide receiver core has a lot of talent to be excited about. Oh yeah, and the wide receiver core is definitely one of their highlights of the team. I, without a doubt, um, skipping over the quarterback position for real quick. I think the one of the biggest things other than Burrow on this team on the offensive side is Ken Mixon. Go back to a year ago. Yeah, not, not not last year, but the year after, year before. Year before, two years ago. Yep. If he can go back to two years, before, two years ago, then I feel like this is an offense to be afraid of and not not want to play against. Period. Yeah. But last year was l- just so lackluster in everything he did. He, I think he got one year, one game where it was thirty yards. Yeah. Like you, that's not what you need from your running back one. Yeah, they also have. Um, Giovanni Bernard, who I don't, he won't split carries, but he'll he'll be he'll be on the team. I, I'm surprised he's still playing. But we had to look it up to see if he was still in the yeah, league. Um, there, so to help to help mixing out a little bit and just to make this team's goals realistic for the next year, their O line um, was ranked 31st in the league, and their guards uh, Michael Jordan and Billy Price both ranked in the bottom six of the league for the guard position. So that is nothing to be excited about, uh, especially with uh, a rookie quarterback. Uh, I think we have to look at it realistic when you're getting put in a situation where you have no one, no protection. Um, as asking a lot of a quarterback. Also, the, the teams he's going against: Miles Garrett, Cameron yeah. Hayward, T.J. Watt, yeah. Matthew <laughs> Judon, and uh, and then the Ravens, who literally just sent blitzes for half of their snaps on defense. They have probably the the, the three. As a single team in a division, they're up against the three strongest divisions possible. With defenses. Yeah, like with one of the worst offensive lines yeah, in the league. Yeah, so I think that's why I, so I was gonna go I was gonna talk about their defense first, but now we can just talk about we can talk about Joe Burrow. I think I think Joe Burrow gives Cincinnati something to be excited about. But I think with the O line and how poor the defense is, and with the division they're going against, offensive power Especially on the Browns and the Ravens, and defensive power on all three: Ravens, Steelers, yeah. Browns. It has to be realistic when you come to terms where Burrow will most likely struggle and could potentially look terrible. But it's real. There's a there's almost nothing going for him other than a few good receivers. Oh, exactly. It's us. It's just 
he yes, he has a receiving part down. He has yeah. he knows who he can throw it to. He knows they're most likely to catch it. Other yeah, maybe John Ross. Who have no time to throw exactly. it, and he'll have the win shootouts. Yeah, because, and yeah, he's gonna have probably a three second drop back throw it. If he doesn't release it in three seconds, if most most likely he's getting blindsided by Miles Garrett or some or somebody of that caliber. And then I haven't exactly I I, I haven't exactly looked at their schedule, but I would assume they'll play other teams with great oh, edge rushers. So the AFC North is. As a whole, it's ranked as one of the easier ones. I think the Ravens are in the top five, and the Browns are in the top, I, either they're fourth or seventh. So they're in the top seven, and easiest because they get to play the NFC East, um, which is, they play all of them close to home. Yeah. And the NFC East was the worst division uh, stat wise. So yeah. they, have, they, have an easy, they have an easier schedule in that way, uh, especially they have a, a super easy, uh, yeah, so they have an easier schedule that way. But... They still have to play good defenses, and especially in their division three times. And they also so. have to watch out for, the, if they are playing against the NFC East, they have to watch out for Chase Young. Yeah. He's, well, he's, no, there's pass rushers everywhere. Oh, yeah, right? he's coming. The Cowboys have it. Uh, Eagles have it. You just said Chase Young has it. So, yeah. I, and their defense, uh, I told you I told you about it wasn't very good. Um, their defense is a big problem. They were 29th in yards allowed and 25th in points allowed. So, there's yeah. just not much going for the Bengals as supporting cast. And I've kept an eye on like how they've been been during the offseason, and I really haven't seen any moves to improve that defense. No, and their first two draft picks, I mean, Burrow won. Obviously, obviously they took Burrow. But and like, then when they got to Higgins in the second yeah. round. So they didn't prioritize it either. Well, now, Burrow won, they have taken, but they didn't move up. They didn't, nope. they they didn't, didn't get any giant like playmaker. That. So it's it's worrisome, especially when you have the – the Ravens rushing attack, and you have the Browns most likely rushing and passing attack. So, like, it's just going to be hard for them to succeed next year. But they they have they have highlights and stuff that I yeah. I would be excited for if I was a Bengals fan. So I, I feel like the Bengals. This is just like a what if I like I think they should have traded with the Patriots, who were literally handing out their trade their picks this year at like candy. Yeah, the late the um the Chargers moved up and got yeah. Kenneth Murray. It was yeah. like Halloween trick or treating. Like if you you want our draft pick, give us an offer. I yep. feel like they should have done that and try to move up to get a Patrick get Patrick Queen. Yep. Or something that would fill the hole that Vontae's perfect. Yes, Vontae's perfect barely ever plays a full season without getting suspended, but he was a leader. Yeah, <laughs> so no, he, he was, was a leader yeah. and a great tackler. I mean, they lost they lost their veteran their veteran spot. They they don't have a, they don't have a really good veteran that's really. Pops me as a leader. I think Geno Adams is the only one, and he's old. He's, but he's also on the D line. Yeah. You can't you can't lead a team from the D line. Yeah. And then, I just feel like they have so many holes throughout their whole defense that it's just how do you not go get anything? Yeah. No. So, all right. The uh, final team, the Ravens. All right. So, um, so the Baltimore Ravens have a. Uh, Undisputed top three roster in the league, in my opinion. Uh, they're up there with the 49ers and the Saints, and I think the Chiefs are the fourth because of holes on the defense. But back to the Ravens. The Ravens' offense was historically amazing last year, and their defense was, especially their secondary, was right at the top of the league. Uh, the only real problems were the pass rush, so they went and traded a fifth-round pick for Clayus Campbell. And they also franchise tagged uh, Matthew Judon, so he returned, yeah. and he had uh, nine and a half sacks last year. Uh, Evan is a big Matthew Judon fan. Yeah, um, I, 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 <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess you could say I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I'm yeah. a mega fan. But like, I feel like it's justified. Oh, yeah. He has four Pro Bowls in his seven years in the league. Um, he's a great pass rusher, and even if he's not sacking the quarterback, he gets a lot of pressures in each game. 
and he it's also a disturbance off the edge. Yeah, and he knows how to drop back to watch for the wheel, wheel route, which he has done many of times and tackled running back for a loss. Um, for me, this the Ravens team, as I highlighted a little earlier, was they're the secondary. Their secondary is just second to none, yep. in my opinion, in this league right now. Yeah, they could have a better um, strong safety, mm-hmm. but I feel like Earl Thomas is pretty good at leading the safety spot. Yep. And then their cornerbacks are literally just go on a different level. Go like four deep. <laughs> yeah. David Carr. Not David Carr. Jeez. Yeah. Well, Carr. 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 Yeah. Carr. Then you have Jimmy Smith. Well, Carr, I don't know if he's signed on for this season yet. I don't, I don't know if he's under contract. But Carr's been there for like over a decade. Yeah. You have um, Jimmy Smith, who's our third. And then you have um, Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey and um, Marcus Peters, who are both all pro. And Marcus Peters yeah. went and got, what was it? He got uh, sacked. Not not a sack. He had a pick six with yeah, the yeah. Rams, and then he went pick yeah. six with us and got a back to back pick six record. Yep. Um, I think. Oh, they also the Ravens also on defense. Uh, the last two years have lost two uh, linebackers. Uh, two years ago being Mosley, and then last year being Anawanasor. Uh, so yep. they both went to the Jets. They both got uh, paid big money, and the Ravens just didn't want to pay them. Yep. So they immediately took note of that and they went and drafted Patrick Queen with their first round pick well, and I think it's a stud yeah I, th- I think yeah I think he's gonna fit great with this team and this defense and it's right what we needed so we were low on pass rush get Judah back get Calais Campbell we're thin in the linebacker court we go get Patrick Queen who I, I was surprised he was still there at 28 oh yeah so I, I was, thought for sure there would be a team that I thought the Seahawks would have taken them before or even when the Chargers moved up they would have taken them because him and Kenneth Murray were in my opinion yeah. the best two and I like Queen better so I was I was happy that he fell, and I, I think it was an easy pick for the Ravens. There. I think another thing was, like, it just became a norm to just go draft the wide receivers because the wide receivers started dropping, like, flies mm-hmm. late, not late, like, 15th and up and yep. during that draft. So, like, I feel like that's why he fell was just because it was, like, all these wide receivers are going. I want to even make sure I get mine before because I don't know how many would be in the second round. Yeah. But uh, I love how they deep they deepened the depth chart on the linebacking core with Patrick Queen, yep. and then um, didn't Michael Pierce yeah, he left. drop? Yeah, yeah he, he left, left. and yeah. then he opted out. Oh, they also signed Derek Wolf. Yeah. So that was yeah. My, uh, Michael Pierce left and opted out, and uh, Pecco left and opted out. So we got Derek Wolf and yeah. play as Campbell now. Um, I'm also very excited to see uh, J.K. Dobbins play in his offense uh, with Lamar Jackson and behind Mark Ingram. Um, I think Ingram will be the main back, but. Dobbins and Gus. I think Dobbins will eventually take over Gus's spot. Oh, for sure. I think but, I think it would be an injustice not to give Ingram the spot back because yeah. he broke a thousand yards and countless receiving yards. But you no, know, I'm super excited for Dobbins. I think he will. Um, Dobbins was my second favorite ranked uh, running back coming out of this year's draft class. Uh, I had him behind DeAndre Swift, but I had him over Clyde and Jonathan Taylor. And um, I think his potential will be exceeded to the max here in this offense and how yeah. they run. Um, because he can sit behind Ingram, learn, and Ingram's older, so if the next two years Ingram moves on or goes down, Dobbins can slide right in. And, and Ingram missed the game too last season. Yeah. And, and Gus Edwards well, slide Ingram's out. a power back, so Ingram has a lot of, he's older, he has a lot of wear on his tires, he's, yeah. he, he plays aggressive, so having Dobbins there is just kind of a security blanket, and I mean, Dobbins has the capability of being great. He's a big guy, he can run. Um, sure. He has the attributes to be able to block an NFL, so we'll, I mean, we'll see if he can, but he has potential to, and I know he can catch the ball out of the backfield, so that's another just receiving element for Lamar, especially if he's on the run, he can just flip it to him. So, 
Um, I think it's really exciting. I don't think Dobbins was really even as hyped up as he should have been. Uh, he broke Ohio State's single season record. Set by Zeke? No, set by Eddie George. I'm and sorry. Zeke was even, no, I have it in my, like, I would think it was Zeke too. So Zeke was super hyped up five years ago coming out of Ohio State. And Dobbins just had a better season than Amos last year there. So I don't think Dobbins was talked about as much as Zeke at all. So I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, Dobbins come into this uh Coming to this offense, and I think, oh. I think, his his potential is through the roof with what he can do here. I just for him, obviously, it's every running back in the league. He just has to avoid the crucial ACLs and major knee injuries that yeah. plague that position and running quarterbacks in in, in a whole. But uh, one thing I want to highlight. I'm sorry if you want to keep talking running back, no, but you can go back. But um, is the wide receiving core. I think we have the most underrated, like one of the most underrated in the leagues. Like Willie Sneed, he's a great wide receiver too. He's a great possession. He um, he knows how, to, he just gives 110% 100% of the time. I've, I'm a huge fan of Sneed. Um, and then Marquise Brown, Hollywood, is just a speed demon that also will put his body on the line for a catch. He did a one-handed against the Titans. Yeah, and got lit up. Got lit line. up in between four Titan players, but still went out for the one-handed, knowing damn well that he was about to get hit. And then, I, on, I have, he's given me mixed feelings, but I think he has a lot of potential Boykins. If he can just learn how to put his hands together around a ball, I feel like he could be a great wide receiver, because he's a great blocking, blocking wide receiver, which is something that we have been lacking in for... Uh, just a long time. He's a great blocker yeah. on the on the wing, and it and it helps. He allows for the the, the yeah. wheel outs, which is what we have been, which where we literally lived off of last year, and the year actually not last year, but the year before. Mm. But and then I also like our tight end. We did take a hit with losing Hayden Hurst, but I feel like that was a hit that was bound to happen. It was only a matter of time. Hurst never offends our offense. Yeah. So it was just yeah, like you said, it was bound to happen. And then we still have. What's it called? We still have, um... Oh, my God. We have we still have Andrews. I don't know why I couldn't think of Andrews. I love Andrews. And then, um... What's the blocking tight end? I'm uh, Nick Boyle. Name. Thank you. We also have Nick Boyle, who... Uh, is just a great blocking tight end. You can line him up on the line. And then Mark Andrews, who is... Who was the best receiving tight end last year, a touchdown-wise. Yeah. Um, you talk about receiving core and how you think it's a little underrated. Uh, I think... With the um, fifth round and seventh round pick, they uh, picked up James Prochet from SMU and Devin DuVernay from uh, Texas. Both of these players um, have extremely high uh, high sides, and I'm really excited to see how um, we use them. James Prochet uh, from SMU uh, broke all of Corden Sutton's records, and I, as we know, I'm a huge Corden Sutton fan, so I'm very excited for uh, to see James Prochet play. And with uh, DeAnthony Thomas opting out, for the COVID-19, yeah. uh, he will most definitely be our return man for this year, and the Ravens have really been lacking. If you're going to find any spot they're lacking on, it's been on pump return and kick return, so oh, he has Moore. he has a built-in, um, yeah, well, with Chris Moore, but Chris Moore has been kind of yeah. worked out recently. Fumbles. Yeah, so Perche has a built-in highway to be a playmaker on the team, and I'm really excited to see Devin DuVernay. Um, and hopefully, uh, Miles Boykin, who hasn't, you talked about it a little bit, hasn't taken the biggest step in receiving. 
if he can do that, and these three guys all can hit, um, the Ravens all around are just looking very good on offense. And then we've already talked about the defense. And then I think the biggest thing to highlight for the Ravens team is their coach, John Harbaugh. I feel like he is, by, is without a doubt, top five in the league. I obviously wouldn't put him over Belichick. I think Tomlin has a good chance. I think those are, honestly, I think they're like the two closest to like skill-wise in the coach position to each other. Like they both coach a great game, and then even every game they play, they're both is, players coaches too. Yeah, and then they both know how they usually both know how to keep talent on the team, or to keep them around. Yeah. They both, yeah, good relations with uh, players, and um, when they have to, they'll pay players. So Exactly. And, like, that's always been a problem for some teams is they don't pay the players. But John Harbaugh literally said to Joe Flacco when Joe Flacco was on team, that you, you told me this. I didn't even know this nah, I think it was I think it was the owner. But it was pretty owner. much like... It was pretty much but like... John, John Harbaugh yeah, still has a say in they're it. All, they're all, they were all for if... If you to, win, to Joe yeah. back in 2012 or 2010 or whatever it was, if you win a Super Bowl, we'll give you a big contract. And then Joe was, became the highest paid quarterback in the league. So... Yeah, they're they're about keeping talent on the team, and if you do your job, you're gonna get reciprocated. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, we're good. All right, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the Sports by the Hour podcast on the AFC North off season, and um, this was uh, Ethan Shep and Evan Silver.